Are you a woman searching for purpose and success? A housewife? Maybe a single mother? You're in the right place. Welcome to Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Activate. Motivate. Inspire. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. I am Miss Lisa Nobles, your hostess, and I am so excited and elated to have you join in with me today. Speaking of today, our topic consists of entrepreneurial authorship, becoming a published author, and here's why. I have a very important guest joining me today at the Savvy Speaks Roundtable. This segment is dedicated in sharing keys of why business owners should be published authors and how by being a published author will increase revenue, expand your business possibilities, and increase your platform's potential holistically. Thereby, let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Queen Alto Vice Pelter, founder of Taking Women from Abuse to Applause. She is a best-selling author, professional speaker, podcaster, BIP live streamer, life coach, and founder of the online Your Voice and Reactivate Me communities. At her core, she is a mom of four who once was homeless and well, that really greatly affected Altovisa's decision to motivate women and youth in finding their unique voice. She takes women from abuse to applause by equipping them in defining, accepting, and utilizing their unique voice as a speaker or author. Family, our focus is entrepreneurial authorship, business owners should be published authors, and here's why. Altovis, welcome again. Welcome, 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 and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, first, I want to say thank you to all the savvy listeners. Thank you for listening in and catching this particular episode. I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank um, you. I, you said everything in a nutshell, but... Who I am at the core is I am a single mother who decided that, you know, with everything that I've been through, that those could be the stepping stones for somebody else's life. That literally what I had to offer was something that somebody else needed and I could make a business out of it. Awesome. I love that. Are you ready, family? Then let's talk about it. Entrepreneurial authorship, why business owners should be published authors with Alcivis. All right, Alcivis, let's jump right in, Queen. With publishing a book, what is a myth that you can burst for us right now? We can just get that right on out of the way. What is a myth that you would have for us? So a huge myth when it comes to publishing a book or even having the idea of publishing a book is that I have to be this well-educated Harvard professor in order to publish a book, that I have to have degrees behind my name or you know letters behind my name, degrees on my wall. But the reality is, is that anyone can become an author mm-hmm. because we all have something to share. We all have something that there's literally somebody out there that needs right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And so we get kind of caught up in thinking that, oh, it's only famous people that write books. It's only 
um, people who have their master's and their doctorate, and the reality is it's just people who have learned some things on this journey called life, and they decided to share their wisdom. I love that. So as we're getting into our content, what are the beginning stages to writing a book for a business owner? You know, I always tell people, some people say, you know, start with an outline. I always tell people, start with your heart. What is it that you really want the reader to be able to understand and walk away with? Mm -hmm. Because that will drive you and motivate what you actually put into the book. You know, it's interesting because when we write, writing should be a conversation. Right. We should never be writing just to promote ourselves or just to boost our own ego. Writing should literally be a conversation to our niche or our target audience. Saying, hey, I've been where you are. I've seen what you're going through. I've made it out. Here is the process that I use. And so literally when you think about the book that you're going to write, that first thing should be, in my heart, what is it that I really want people to walk away with when they read this book? Right. That's awesome. I love that because that's very important. We don't want to just, in essence, what you're saying, just writing sporadically. We have to be very strategic, which I know you're going to talk about that a little bit later. So should business owners from this perspective, now that we, we're kind of going to in- incorporate authorship, should we attend conferences and seminars? Conferences and seminars are an amazing for business owners yes, because especially as the author you now have a different way to conversate with people mm-hmm. when you are at an event. It's interesting I, I'm an introvert and right. so going to a networking event was never a part of the program. Like I, That was not on my list. It's not a part of my strategy because I would much rather be home reading a book. Right. But <laughs> I found ways that made it work for me. Right. One of those ways is by having a book and always having at least one copy of your book with you whenever you go to an event, it's a conversation piece. You put that book on the table while you're at the event and taking notes, people will ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about building the conversation as opposed to when you normally go to an event, you're just handing out business cards. You're not really making any true connections. That book gives you a, it's an open door to conversation with anybody in the room. I love that. So what role does conferences and seminars play for the business owners when taking or considering steps of becoming a published author? So for the one that hasn't become the author yet, mm-hmm. guess what? Those events, that's your playground. Because you can always say, hey, I'm working on my first book in right. this area. Again, it still goes back to having that conversation. People kind of get antsy. This is the thing. When it comes to writing the book, we get scared and don't really want to tell people that we're writing a book. Right. We're scared because What comes with that? Commitment. Right. What comes with that? Responsibility. Right? And who wants to take on any extra commitment (laughs) with what we have going on just from the day to day? But I challenge you that if you take on that commitment, that responsibility, and even before you publish the book, 
start telling people about what it is that you want to do when it comes to publishing a book, this is what happens. People will get interested. Mm-hmm. People will start following you so that way they can get the copy of the book right. when it's done. But also, people will give you their insight. Yes. They'll give you what it is they want to see in your book. Right. That's amazing. I don't think that we always think about it from that perspective, that by engaging and, and, and getting, get, gaining followers, which I know you're going to speak about here in a minute, um, that we can get that insight. So even if uh, an author, for example, or a business owner who is becoming an author is going to um, go through with their follow their plan, with that insight that they're gaining from their new followers or the new business connections, if their book is still in draft mode, for example, or getting ready for a second book for some, how important is that? Would that how would that help their journey to completing their book? It helps hugely, immensely. Mm-hmm. Because not only do people, when you write a book, you immediately become the expert. Right immediately not just an expert at writing a book but an expert on whatever topic it is you're talking about awesome. so people are going to follow you they're going to look for that expertise mm-hmm. so again it builds that credibility for your business it builds that credibility for you right. i've even been known to go to an event and because i do podcasts as well mm-hmm. pull somebody aside and do a quick interview yes guess what mm-hmm. i've been known to do that it, it's it literally takes you to a whole nother level because it's not really something people are expecting. Right. But if you if you talk about, you know, something that is directly connected to them, you've just added somebody to your 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 um Network. I wanna say Rolodex. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the first thing that comes to my mind, but you've added somebody to your network mm-hmm. that can be a collaboration later on. That can be uh somebody who who may purchase your book or buy one of your classes or somebody who may take what you're doing and say, Hey, I know somebody that you need to meet. Let me connect. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Which would lead me into the next part of our segment is how important is it to build relationships with fellow entrepreneurs? So if you want to just kind of continue and yeah, elaborate on that. Yeah, that is so, um, it's like, it's everything. And this is, uh, this, the issue is, I'm going to make this disclaimer, mm-hmm. is that people get overly excited sometimes and mm-hmm. want to share everything with people that they hardly know yeah. without vetting the person. And I didn't hear the last so, part. Without vetting the person. Right. And mm-hmm. so we're not saying that you should go and and when you meet some strange person that you're telling them your deepest, darkest desires for right. your business, right. what we are saying is that, again, start the conversation. Right. Start the conversation and see where it goes. You never know who may be the next person. It's what, six degrees of separation? Right. You never know who's going to be that person that connects you to Oprah. You never know who's going to be that person that connects you to Steve Harvey. Right. But you have to be willing to get out there and make the connections. And I, I for me, that. it was hard. In the beginning, I didn't want to go to networking events. I didn't want to go to events at all, especially right. if large events. But I found that going to these events does one of two things. 
it connects me with other entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. other speakers, other authors. But also, it allows my followers to see that right. I'm a real person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a real person. Most of them have been following me on live stream. And so the, the running joke is you can be following somebody for forever and never even know if they really have legs. Right. It's simply mm-hmm. because you're just seeing them in this like box. <laughs> yeah. And they get to see you in person. They get to hug you. They get to talk and laugh. And even with me and my introverted ways, mm-hmm. you know, people have been like, you're the same person online that you are right. in person. You're the right. same person. Right. I love that about you. Yeah. So again, it brings back that, you know, that literally that confirmation that, okay, people buy from who they know, like, and trust. Right. If they're seeing me in one area and then start to see me in another area as well, it allows them to have even more opportunities to know, like, and trust me. I love that. Know, like, and trust. I love that. So what is live streaming? We've talked about a lot of information that's leading to building that business and taking that business to the next level. What is live streaming and why is it important to the business owner who is on the road of becoming an author or just a business owner in general? So live streaming is an excellent tool. I always look at things as, is it a tool? Um, Is it a resource? You know, a tool, a resource, or is it going to be something that's distracting? For some people, live streaming is distracting because they're utilizing it in, I'm the watcher, I'm not the one doing the video. Right. It becomes a tool when you decide you're going to be the one doing the video. And so what I've been able to do is live stream allows you to have a global platform. Right. Um, I tell people, you know, the idea of video has changed. Remember the VHS tape <laughs> and yeah. the VCRs? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that has just been completely demolished and now you have control. So you are Disney, Pixar, you are right. um, all of these different companies out here that were making movies and making programs. You are that company. Yes. And so literally, I can make a movie, I can make a video, I can go live and just encourage people, I can show people my health and wellness journey, I can show them my journey as a mother, I can show people anything I want to show them. Right. All I have to do is press that button. And so that power can do a lot for our business. I've been able to connect with clients, mm-hmm. connect with um, other entrepreneurs that right. I network with all across the globe. Right. Isn't that fantastic? And I know that when you're even on your journey journey from a, a business professional perspective, when you're at networking events, I know you're encouraging, you know, the business owners, but even for you, you're meeting other people that you have also, you know, connected with online from a global perspective. How exciting is that? You know, to really meet it that is. person that you've even followed that is a fellow entrepreneur. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that at every event that I go to, mm-hmm. I've always had someone walk up to me and say, thank you for your transparency. Wow. Thank you for sharing your story. I love um, Recently, I did an event in Indianapolis last year. Mm-hmm. and had a woman come up to me. She said, you don't know me, mm-hmm. but I've been following your journey for two years. Wow. She said, and you got me through some of the most difficult times in my life when I was taking care of my ailing mother before she passed. Wow. Now that is 
that if that doesn't tell you the power within live streaming and networking, I don't know what does. Right. Because she had been following me for two years mm -hmm. and I had never known who she was. Right. This wasn't somebody who had bought a book before. This is not somebody who signed up for a class. Of course. It's just somebody who was watching mm -hmm. and taking in that encouragement, that support, and then not only took it in, but then decided to show up at an event and say, thank you in person. And I she bought that. both my books while she was there. Like, it was an amazing opportunity. I, I just, I loved it. That will always be into my mind. I love that. And let's go back just a second because previously we had discussed when you, you broke up, spoke about your books. I want to kind of capitalize upon that, that subject, especially to the business owner. You spoke about in our previous conversation about how that now you have, you're about to release your 10th book. Can we kind of talk about that for a second? Because I know in our previous conversation, you know, that was something on a different episode, but I want to really come back and let that business owner know that it may not be as difficult for that person who's afraid to even become a, 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 a published author. Can you kind of expound upon that? Yes. So I always laugh because in the beginning, in the beginning, um, it took me eight years to publish my first book. Right. And, you know, I was getting all this information and it was information overload and I was collecting stuff and finding out about publishing companies and doing all of this research, but I was not actually writing the book. Right. And it wasn't until I made a clear decision that I was going to go all in and write the book. Mm -hmm. and not do all the research, not compare myself to other people. Right. But I was going to go all in. And when I went all in and published the book, it was like an, like a floodgate opened up. Wow. <laughs> I love that. The floodgates opened up. First book was published in 2016. Here we are in 2018. And book number 10 is about to be published. I and love so that's that. you know, two years, 10 books in two years. Where I was struggling for eight years just to write one book. Right. I love that. So you learned a lot along the way that helped you to get to where you are now. Can you share a little bit about that part of the journey? Yes. So this is my thing. I, I learned one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that don't get stuck in the lab, as my, my coach right. would always say to me. Don't get stuck in the lab. Sometimes we get so stuck in trying to have the right amount of length or having the perfect cover, having, right, you know, right, the, right. the right amount of words mm -hmm. and is it the right height and the right. Listen, don't get stuck in the lab. Mm -hmm. Worry about that. the purpose. Worry mm -hmm. about the vision. Worry about the message of the book. Other things will fall into place as it will and as it should. Mm -hmm. But don't be so stuck in just doing the research because what ends up happening is you do all that research and end up psyching yourself out. Mm -hmm. You end up becoming uh, procrastinating. You end up doubting yourself because yes. now I've done all this research. Now I'm comparing myself to another author, oh, but I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not them. I'm not them. I love that. I and think so this is so important. No, go right ahead. Altavis. 
Yeah, no, I was just about to say what you were saying. It's, it's important for you to understand that that's not, that's not what this process should be about. Don't think that you have to do it the way uh, Warren Buffett does it or right. the way that Gary Vee does it. Right. No, you have to do it the way that's going to work best for you. So do you think, another question comes to mind, do you think that when we do get in that that area where some may compare themselves, and, and unconsciously that can happen, do you think we lose our message? We are part do. of it anyway? Mm-hmm. We definitely do. What ends up happening is we look and we say, well, this is, and this is, listen, we get, we have all these little colloquialisms that we kind of mm-hmm. fall into. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander is one mm-hmm. of them, right? Mm-hmm. So we say, okay, so if that's what they did and they were successful, then that's what I should do too. Right. Their journey is not your journey. Right. And therefore what they did to be successful may not work for you. I love that. I love that. And then we talked about also offline about um, when when our the business owners are in the process of becoming authors and even the ones that are authors. So this is going to benefit both groups. You spoke about how um, choosing the right publisher or, or maybe to self-publish. Can we just go back to that conversation a little bit, please? I sure can. So when it comes to self-publishing or publishing, I always tell people, some people push you to be, you know, to go with a publisher. Right. I tell other people, you know, some people push you to go self-publishing. But I always explain it this way. You have to work, do what's going to work best for you. Right. There are some people that can go to a publisher mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't work for them because right. they work better on their own terms. They work better with their, you know, trying to figure things out themselves. So right. them dealing with a publisher doesn't necessarily work. But there's other people that try to do it on their own, and they, they get distracted, they procrastinate, they have all of these different things happen, whereas a publisher would have kept you a little more in line and on track. Right. So it depends on what you can do. Like, if you're somebody that can sit aside time each day to type up your book, if you're somebody that can sit aside time to go and explain to somebody what you want the cover to look like and mm-hmm. then, you know, or, or do the cover yourself, then that's great. Self-publish, get it out there and keep it moving. But if you're somebody that you struggle, this is a big one, right. this is a huge one, and they're going to say, I know those who are listening are going to say, well, that's mostly women. That's not true. Right. We have trouble making a decision. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you're right. So how does most when, people when are going to say it's mm-hmm. women, but the reality is no, it's people in general. We have a right. very huge issue with making a decision because some people want to add in all of these different factors right. and look at all these possibilities, and that's great to an extent. Right. But when it takes you three months to go ahead and think of a book cover because you're trying to think of all the possible options that people would want to look at and right no no you've gone too far you've gone way left (laughs) Mm -hmm. right and then it it, again it goes back to what we were just discussing how that takes away from the message or the content so this is some good stuff Mm -hmm. one of the things that i want to go to now altavise is in your blog post post she has a wealth of information on her website 
um, for business owners and just her clients in general and people, individuals in general. So I encourage you to make sure that you go over there and read um, a lot of the topics that she discussed. But in this specific blog post of your seven mistakes authors make when publishing a book, you advocate, let's be honest, people often get lured into the pipe dream of having their, having their book on the bestsellers list or being on Oprah's book list. They get scammed by publishing companies promising are simply, our promises are simply are sweet talked by the hype of having their, their story read. The research that needs to be done gets, gets missed and they end up with bumps and bruises and broken hearts and crushed dreams. I love that because you kind of already have spoke a little, spoken a little bit about that. So my question is now, how do business owners sabotage their, uh, uh, sabotage avoiding the pipe dream of becoming the published author? How can they avoid that? So we avoid that by knowing what it is that I really want my audience to walk away with. Mm -hmm. And then understanding that if I'm an author, I'm also an entrepreneur. Right. And so there's still going to need to be that strategy. Right. There's still going to need to be that marketing and promotion plan. Right. Because people get excited. Mm -hmm. They get excited about the book launch and your grandma and your auntie and your cousins go and buy a copy and they're excited with you. They come to the party. And the reality is it's great. That excitement is great in the beginning. But you have to keep that excitement even after the launch date. And so we miss the part where, guess what? This is a job. I still have to market and promote the book after the launch. And that is not necessarily the job of the publishing company. Right. So do you think, uh, I know we spoke about this earlier um, uh, offline, but do you think that that fear of or we get so excited as you talked about that we lose focus that we need to remember that the marketing has to continue. So would that sabotage our dream also, even after we've published the book? Oh yes. Oh yes. Cause we would think that, Oh, Oh, people, a, a lot of people bought my book for the launch. So people like it and they're going to keep buying it. Right. No. Right. Because what happened is, the people that bought the book were people that were close to you and they were buying it out of some out of sympathy, some out of the fact that they mm-hmm. love you right. and that they care about you. In the launch period, if you have not promoted your book, mm-hmm. there are very few people who are actually buying it because they actually want to read the book. <laughs> right, 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 right. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good con that's a good point. So normally business owners, do they um, do not think of writing a book as a potential stream of income when forming a business plan. Why is this such a significant step in a business to have a business a book published? It's an amazing step because again, it builds that credibility for you as the, as the, the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Whenever you know, and people often describe it as your funnel system, right? And so, as your business funnel system. No matter what business you're in, there should be something that's getting them on your email list that's for free. Yes. And then there should be some low-cost item. That book is your low-cost item. Right. No matter what you are doing, if you're a lawyer, 
if you're a doctor, there's right. something you can write about that will bring more attention to who you are. Right. What you end up seeing is, um, especially, and let's talk about in the medical field. In the medical field, you see what do doctors, doctors do it. Nurses don't do it as much. They haven't stepped into this realm yet. But doctors do it is they go and they publish an article in right. magazines and newspapers. Right. It's no different. No different. And okay. all it is is promoting them, their expertise, and what it is that they do. Right. But it's no different. The only difference is instead of them actually putting it in a book, mm -hmm. they went and put it in somewhere, you know, a magazine or or a newspaper that's already credible right. to get themselves out there. Exactly. Now you further, you further exclaim, word to the wise, whatever you invest in your book is an investment into your business. That is how you need to look at it because when you publish your book, you are now a business owner. So we're not just speaking to, or you're not just speaking to a person who is just already in a business, but it can be an individual who is looking to become an entrepreneur and they have chosen to become an author, right? So do you think that mm -hmm. business owners fail when they don't view each step to further their, further their business as an investment into their future? It, it definitely is a great resource to further your future. It, right. this is, and you know what? I'll, I'll even say it to you like this. When you can no longer do that thing that you love to do, that's your business, right? That book will be around. I love that. I love that. I love that you're saying that the book will be around. So, like you're saying, if we if we do have a point in our business where we are maybe we've gotten complacent or we're stuck or we're looking for new avenues, we can. It's okay to revisit different areas of our business and start reliving that and expound upon that to give to our customers and remember that that is a continual source of income and revenue, right? So should business... Exactly. exactly. And then mm -hmm. that also becomes your legacy. So right. even after it's said and done, you decide that you want to go and retire and just speak, you can go and retire and speak and you've had how many books published? Right. That you can go and speak and have it on, you know, you have your books on the table that you're selling that. and you can mm -hmm. go and do eat. There's some people that go and they speak at college campuses. There's some people that go and they speak at large conferences and um, tech week. And, you know, I mean, there's so many opportunities out there. And I always get the, the people that say, well, is somebody really going to read what I write about? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. There is somebody that wants to read every bit of what it is you have to say. It's connecting with that audience and connecting with that person so that way they know that you have what it is they need. Awesome. Now, from your coaching perspective, you 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 advocate that there are two two ways at least that a business owner can prepare to ensure that their book is successful and and one of those is building a tribe tribe and a fan base as you teach how relevant well we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier but how relevant is building that tribe not just so you can have it to sell the book, but how relevant or what steps can they take to contribute? Let me say it that way, to building their tribe and their fan base when they begin selling their book. 
a prior to self. Community is so important. Mm-hmm. And people often look and they go, oh my goodness, it's so hard to build a community because then you have to stay engaged, you have to do this. But in all actuality, you can pull content from anywhere. Like right. having a community just means that you have a central theme that you guys all believe in, you know, or I that know you're that. all following. You're all, if you look at Beyonce's The Beehive, mm-hmm. all it is is a bunch of people that love Beyonce. Right. <laughs> it's a bunch of people that love Beyonce. When you think about the uh, Barty gang, which is Cardi mm-hmm. B's uh, following, it's all it's just a bunch of people that love Cardi B and mm-hmm. they have been following her for some some time. But what you see in having a tribe or a community is that that tribe or community is literally who's going to buy your stuff. Right. They're going to be the ones that show up at events. They're going to be the ones that, you know, give you your feedback. If something is good, bad, or indifferent, they're going to be the ones that give you that feedback. Right. And even, I know, um, Darius Williams uh, of Darius Cooks, mm-hmm. you know, he's a chef that has a restaurant, Greens and Gravy, in Atlanta. Guess what? His community is fire. He has people everywhere. Wow. So much so that he has something where he goes around and he goes does um, dining with Darius. But he also has what? Two cookbooks out. Right. I and his that. tribe, his mm-hmm. community, they, I mean, they, you would see old videos of him literally at his home going box by box by box, sending out two and three copies of these, um, of these cookbooks. Right. You know, that, that people were ordering from all over. Right. I love that. So now that we're talking about this, it'll lead us into the next segment, which is how is important is having a marketing strategy in this area of your business? Woo-wee! A marketing strategy is going to be everything. Because <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I can tell you many of people have gone out in the world talking about they want to do great things and spent all of this money on marketing uh, scams and marketing uh, uh, fly-by-night programs mm-hmm. that did not work. Right. One of the key things when you do a marketing strategy mm-hmm. is I look at not just what's going to be successful or what's successful in the market, but what's going to be successful for me. Right. I love that. So we have to find out our own personal, what's going to work for our brand. Basically, is what you were talking about. Yeah, what you were speaking, alluding to earlier. So lastly, Altavis, you further explain. One thing I learned from writing your first book was that you do not have to have a lot of money or expertise. What you need is your story in your own voice and do not try to mimic or copy anyone else because your end product will be the same and your audience will be able to spot the lack of authenticity. I learned not to lose my voice. Now, can you speak a little bit um, about developing and maintaining your own voice? Yes, that is so powerful. So I found that in the beginning, when you're trying to write a book, you're trying to see what works. Right. So you'll literally go and chase down everything that you see everybody else doing, thinking that, oh, if I just do what everybody's doing to be successful, then I'll be successful too. Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting because you think about it like this. 
somebody who sees me online and I've done this. I put out money for email marketing classes. Of course. And, um, had their little scripts and things. And But people see me online and then they were listening. They were reading the email and they were like, that's not the same person. Right. Because my personality was not coming through. Exactly. They knew who I was. They knew how silly I am and the right. things that, how I talk. And they knew my personality. And that was not coming through because I was using somebody else's model. Yes. For my email. Mm-hmm. I love And that. the same thing happens in your book is that if you're using somebody else's model, if you're trying to sound exactly like somebody else, you may you may hit the nail on the head and sound exactly like that person. Right. But if it is not what your audience is looking for, they'll reject it. Right. I love that. I love that. I, I love that. So you're saying that your voice and your message go hand in hand is what I'm getting from that. So Altavice, yes, yes, you've shared a lot of tips today and I'm so thankful. Thank you for this segment. What advice would you give the business owner who is looking to learn how to become a published author and maybe discouraged in the process because maybe they don't know where to begin? What advice can you offer for that person in one to two minutes? So the advice that I can offer to them is don't question yourself. Don't Mm -hmm. second guess yourself. Mm -hmm. Start today. Start today. A lot of times we get stuck in the research phase or the lab or however, you know, people want to call it. You get stuck in that phase and you never move forward. No, that's never, you'll never get the book finished that way. Right. What you need to do is literally say, I'm going to get this done. And That means that I have to say perfect or not perfect. I'm going to make it happen. Because what we end up doing is thinking that it has to have the perfect length, has to have the perfect size, has to have the perfect cover. No, no, no. I need to know that it's perfect for my audience and then that's it. I love that. Don't have to worry about the rest of that. Because guess what? We can always do revisions. That's that wonderful thing I think about. Right. When I think about Dr. Maya Angelou. Yes. And I have two copies of I Know Why the Cage Bird Sing. It's mm-hmm. because, guess what? They did a revision. Mm-hmm. And I have the original and I have the revision. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And then in a previous conversation, now that you bring that up, it, it comes to mind where you even spoke about how that one author had one chapter or one page can you can you kind of elaborate a little bit uh you have a few extra minutes on on that aspect yes we kind of get really discouraged because we think that our book has to be ninety thousand words right and then when we look at the numbers we sit down and go the numbers make us freeze right and that is not about the numbers. There mm-hmm. are literally people on on Amazon who are selling one page books. They are right. putting a price on it. They're saying my content is so good that you're going to wow. pay for this one page. And before Amazon was around, mm-hmm. you know, we really couldn't. We didn't really have like a measuring stick right. for us to say, well, what constitutes the book? We had to go with what people told us and it had to be 20,000 words or 22,000 words. It had to be this, you know, this margin and this, it had to be this and that. We had so many things to abide by, but the reality was that wasn't really true. It was just something that 
you know, had been placed. It, had, right. it was it was the norm. Right. And nobody wanted to challenge it. And so when Amazon came along, they allowed us to challenge that norm by saying, not only can I self-publish my book, but my book can be any length that I want it to be. I don't have to worry about a publisher. I can make my own cover. I can do all of that on my own and still be successful. Yes. I love that because, again, going back to your earlier point, that is the content that matters. That's what's more valuable mm-hmm. to your audience. I love that. Can you please, Altabise, share one uh, social media site where people can reach you for more knowledge about your programs? Definitely. Well, you can find me at Find Your Voice Now across social media. But, you know, I'm always open to having that conversation for somebody that's still stuck, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of limbo mode, you would go to bit.ly forward slash talk to Altavis and get on my calendar. And let's see, you know, is a book really something that you can do right now? Right. Because I can guarantee you there's some some little tidbits of things in there that can have you get a book done in a weekend. I've seen it done. I <laughs> love that. I am so elated that you I am so elated to have participated in this show today. I know that someone was touched by this wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much to the Savvy Speaks podcast guest, the other queen of the round table, Altaviz Pelser, founder of Taking Women from Abuse to Applause. You can, who you can find out more about this powerhouse at www.iamlisanobles.com. And as a bonus, please visit www.iamlisanobles.com slash resources.html. TML, where you can receive p- free podcast resources for downloading the show today. I love you. I truly do. And thank you for being a part of the show. And remember, remember, family, my mantra, as I always say, you are, you are a unique combination of experiences, clothed in purpose, strength, and destiny. Have a great week. And I'll see you right here next time on the Savvy Speaks podcast. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles online at imlisanobles.com and on Facebook and Instagram at EWOFP. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review and we'll catch you next time on Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Activate, motivate, inspire.